Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spears and Steinberg Podcast. I'm Andy Steinberg and unfortunately Ari Spears is not next to me. Uh, We were both uh, in separate uh, states doing comedy this past week. We were not together on the road. So um, normally I would head out to LA to do the podcast and I was not able to go this week. So it's my fault. I apologize to everyone. But we decided to do a remix. We wanted to bring back some episodes uh, one in particular that was early on that didn't get very much attention and uh, just throw some uh, sounds at you from some old episodes to see if we can get you interested in seeing some of those and one of Aries favorite episodes. Um, just to let you know, it's going to be episode 16, which is off the backboard to himself. It was our New Year's episode number 22 uh, that was called uh, from the comedy store and um, number uh Number 12, which was an important episode. The first two were just kind of like tidbits. There's little introductions to our shows. But 12 was important. 12 was the the episode that I think Aries and I actually started to understand who we were as a team uh, on the podcast. And um, it's an important episode. It's called Our Room 306. And it's uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it in detail. And then you can listen to it. Uh, it's when, uh, Aries and I were in Memphis and we decided to, uh, we were going to go see some of the city. Now we don't always go out to every city to go check out what's out. Sometimes we go eat. Sometimes we just stay in the hotel, uh, and, uh, not do anything in any cities, not be very adventurous. But this time we decided to go out and we went to the National Civil Rights Museum, which is located in the Lorraine Motel. And, uh, if you don't know what that is, Take a little bit of a listen to this. I think you'll start to figure it out. If you do know what it is, it's going to be just as powerful to you, I hope. Um, it made a big difference to us, and we really felt it as people talking about something that we experienced together, um, but from definitely two different perspectives because we're definitely two different people. Uh, give that one a try. That's uh, episode number 12. It's an episode that I really think was severely missed, but I hope you guys have a chance to listen to this and it Tempts you to go listen to uh, episode 12 all over again. Um, the next episode that will be on that podcast is uh, episode 27. It's called The Pussy Podcast. It's one of Aries' favorite. Um, I took a big chunk. I took the chunk of uh, the podcast that really Aries explains some things to you. Um, this one is a must listen to. If you like what, if you hear what he's saying, 
you got to go look up episode 27 if you haven't heard it. Um, it's a really good episode. It's Aries at uh, being Aries at his finest. So um, please, we apologize that we're doing the remix this week. We'll be back um, on regular schedule next week. We will uh, have, we're going to meet up in Chicago. We'll be in Schramsburg, the Schramsburg uh, Improv, and uh, you'll hear from us soon. I apologize, uh, but I think uh, I like what we're doing because um, I really hope you get to check these out. Take another listen to some of the podcasts that, the podcast that you have missed. Thank you very much. This is episode 16. Uh, it's very lighthearted. It's about me figuring out uh, what I'm going to do this year, and uh, Ari taking a few tokes for the very first time on a podcast. I was in uh, Phoenix, and I was asked mm-hmm. to headline a show in Casa Grande, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I've lived in Arizona. I'm 52 years old, so I've lived right. in Arizona most of my life. And uh, the, I take uh, you take uh, the I-10 from Phoenix to Tucson. I want you to hold that thought. Keep Phoenix. going. But, okay. uh, please hold that thought. Okay. Uh, if you remember on the last podcast, I said that now that I'm home. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here one, we go. I, I, I don't really smoke weed on the road. I only do it at home. But since I was home, I was going to take a couple of tokes off my blunt uh, and see where it takes us. <laughs> Uh, this podcast may only be a half hour, depending on how the, the, the effect of this. It might be eight minutes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to take these tokes, then I'm going to let you finish your story, and here we go. The, the sad show. part is you're going to think you've done an hour, and Eight it's only going to be eight minutes, yeah. This is the ceremonial lighting of the official blunt for the podcast. we got to hear the lighter. Here it is. Take one more hit. And it is blunt, too. Yes. He wasn't just fooling around with some zigzag papers or no, shit like that. No, no. We go hard in the paint. <laughs> what flavor was that wrapper? Great, nigga. You know. I smelled it. <laughs> you smell the Welch's. <laughs> oh, shit. Are you there? You will be in a minute. But <laughs> holy shit! Go ahead with your story. <laughs> oh, oh shit! All right, there we go. Are you? Oh. You know Joe Rogan? That's for fucking sure, right does there. Does he smoke? Yeah, he really does. I think he he took. I don't know if he took a break or not because they were having a month that they weren't going to smoke. But that's over with anyway. But yeah, he smokes a lot. He talks and the, and the writer. He talks about it on his podcast all the time. And the writer who was the head writer for the AVN Porno Awards. I'm going to be hosting at the end of January. He's good friends with Doug Benson. And I found out Doug Benson Dude. is a fiend. Dude, I've worked with Doug a couple times. In, oh, look how I said that, too. Dude, did I just become <laughs> fucking... I just did it, didn't I? <laughs> I just stepped into it. I worked with Doug. Uh, I worked with Mr. Benson on a few occasions in uh, Phoenix at Stand Up Live. And uh, that shit's for real, dude. He, yeah. he has notes in his pocket. All times, because he does not know. And, and that, again, we don't want to get back to your story, but that is such a unique talent to be able to get high and go on stage. I've tried it, and I put it to bed immediately. It's not my thing. 
I got to be comfortable. I got to be home. I got to be on PlayStation. But go ahead. Okay. So, uh, so okay. So I got asked to uh, headline a show in Casa Grande. Right. I said I lived in Arizona my whole life, fifty-two years. You take the I ten uh, north or south when you're going back and forth Tucson to Phoenix, and Casa Grande is in the middle. And I always thought Casa Grande was right there on the freeway. Yeah. I've never. Uh, I found out this last week Casa Grande actually is a city. There's actually if you go. Off the road, there's. I never fucking even knew it was there. And I did this little room, and it held like 25 people, and we had uh, 12 people there. And uh, I did the. I did an hour and eight because I timed it. Right. I still had plenty left to go, uh, and it was it was fun. It was so fun getting to do an hour and being able to pace it at the pace you wanted to do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. So yeah, I would like to be able to do that, but I would like. To do it at a, at, a, at, a, at a club, not a, it was a bar show. It was a bar room that they took over for one night. But uh, like I said, I know where my place is. I know what I'm doing. I really enjoy being on the road with you because I'm not going to get to do clubs like I do with you when I headline. Those are going to be, and I'll probably make more. Mo- I probably make more money opening for you than I would headlining my own show. So stay tuned. Episode twenty two. This is just uh, Aries giving his firm feeling about Obama and what Obama has done, uh, despite some of his distractors. Anyway, take a listen. What has Obama done for us? And you niggas make me sick. So let me say to you with all due respect, bag the fuck up. Because I'm going to tell you the significance of this. Uh, And I'm going to first start with Obama. Again, and I've said this before on the podcast, so I don't want to make this long-winded, but just to make my point, because it ties in, I'm going to say this. When you sit there and you ask that question, what has Obama done for us? And I say to you again, if you are uneducated enough to not understand, here's here's my reference point. Go watch the six-part documentary, Eyes on the Prize. Then go watch the the three-part documentary by PBS, MLK, Still I Rise. Now, if you watch these two things and you're still asking this question, watch them again and again and again until you understand. Given the racial landscape of this country, given through everything that black people have done from being slaves who built the White House to having a black man in the White House under the words, the most powerful man in the country. If you don't understand the significance of what Barack Obama and his presidency, a successful one, I may add, has done for us, then you have no vision. Episode 12, very important to me, room 306. Uh, I think we really came together as a team uh, for the first time when we were doing the podcast. And I think we uh, it kind of put us in the same frame of mind. Uh, please take a listen. This is my favorite, uh, one of my favorite episodes. Enjoy. This is a little bit of an emotional one, right? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I want to be real honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got back from the Civil Rights Museum uh, and in- the Lorraine Motel, which is the, the used to be the Lorraine Motel, which they've turned into a museum. Uh, with Here Dr- in, in Memphis. In Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, where Dr. King was killed. Um, you want to go first? Let me let me go. No, I, you you, no, you no, want no, me I, to go first? Well, yeah, I know why you want me to go first because you feel guilty. 
this white guilt you we do we just do like, I, feel, I feel guilty if i lived in memphis i wouldn't even look straight into a black folks eyes i would <laughs> i would avoid but that's why you let me go first because you're like nah man we just left where dr king was killed you go first no, no, but no i'm gonna let you go first because i trust me i want you to go first it, it, it it's an emotional experience from beginning to end right. and i mean when we first got there just getting out of, uh, first of all, we got dropped off kind of in the back of the place. Uh, Look, they the dropped Uber. niggas off in the back yeah. of, the, of the place where the man fought for niggas to not be in the back no more. And, <laughs> and when we walked out of the car and we, and we go, she goes, it's right there. And so we walk around. And as soon as you walk around and you see the, uh, Mulberry Street and, and then you see the Lorraine Hotel, you, yeah. you see it already from where you're walking around. But right. when you see it and then you start seeing the things that you've seen pictures of. Well, for me, for me, just to, to piggyback, uh, yeah, where we got dropped off or dropped off at, you clearly see the sign. The sign. And I had seen the sign before, but it was like, all right, cool. There it is, sign. But the way you walk, when you walk, the way we walked up the side, and then you turn the corner, and now you're staring at it head on. It, it felt surreal. You, like, it felt like it, 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 this wasn't real. And you know, it's like, it's, you're like, yo, that's, the, that's where Dr. King was killed. And it, 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 something about it felt Disneylandish, like, like Disneylandish, like like an exhibit, like like it was some like it wasn't the place. It wasn't the place, but you know it's the place. But you could feel it. Was you the could place. feel it, dude. It, it it's uh, and then you know, look, there were three moments for me, uh, and and it's, if for those of you who have never been there, for those of you who have, you know what I'm, you know what we're talking about. But for those of you who've never been there, if you ever come to Memphis, it, it's such a must do, um, because it's the way they have it laid out is it, is absolutely amazing. But there are, there are three moments that really got me. Um, one, seeing it. The first time you see it, you're like, yo, this is crazy. They got the cars still out front that were there uh, the day of the, the murder. Then you look around because you know where the shot came from. So you turn you, you, to the other side and you just, it's, it's all coming what you've seen in, in, in magazines or newspaper clippings on TVs and documentaries. It's all right there in front of you. And it's, 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 uh, it's surreal. It's surreal and a little eerie. And that was one moment. Um, the second moment that got me uh, was kind of the second thing you see on the tour. The first thing you see is a bunch of black and white photos. Um, but the second thing you see is uh, the part about slavery. Introduction to Slavery Introduction 101. to Slavery. And they got this thing set up where they got the slave, the men, uh, all sitting in a one single file, an Indian style, you know, one and back of the other, underneath the ship, the way they, 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 they created it. And then they got the, the, the picture of, you know, the, uh, the slave ship and the layout and how the slaves were like sardines in a can and they got the, the you hear the the sound of a whip being cracked and people yelling and screaming in pain uh that got to me a little bit and when i say got to me i meant i being real angry I, I i it was anger and and it was it's it's weird to be there like you know you know you're surrounded by other black people but there were so many white people in there and to and to see i'm in my mind i'm like yo what are they i know what i'm feeling right now I know what I'm thinking. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? And and obviously, look, because they're there, uh, bravo to them, because that means they're taking a, 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 
a care in the history of this country, as brutal as it was, and they're not trying to turn a blind eye. But I still would love to know what they were thinking and feeling. Yeah, I, I can tell you some of the things that I was feeling, but I don't know if that's what they were thinking. Digress. I was, uh, I was questioning myself uh-huh. and where I would have been in the 1600s on slavery. Like where emotionally would have, would have I gone along with the status quo or would have I been able to look at it and say, well, and, and pull myself above what the situation was. I mean, I'm going to be really honest. I think that's a, an honest assessment. Like, would you just ride in what was happening in the Americans at the, uh, Americas at the time? Would you just go, black folks are inferior they're slaves. That's the way it is, and just keep working that way. That's what. That was my question. That's where I had to right. put my heart. Would I? Would I be able to separate? Would I be able to be one of the people who who saw it as wrong? You or, know, it's, it's interesting because I think that uh, obviously, you know, we know we all know racism is is taught and it, from generation to generation, which is why we have the racist out here that we have now. So I would assume that given that you're not racist and you're not of that ilk um, that you wouldn't have been because otherwise it would have been handed down to you already unless somewhere along the line someone broke the cycle. Now, that being said, I also am curious because in terms of a numbers game, I mean, we obviously know that there were white people back even in slavery days who didn't believe in slavery, right. who, who, who thought it was wrong and who would help slaves escape. Um, but obviously those numbers probably were way smaller, crazy tiny. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, it's an interesting thing because I'm thinking that as far as a numbers game, you probably wouldn't have been one of those people that, you know. No, I think, you know, if you grow up culturally and this is the way things are, I mean, that's the sad part. I would I, I, I don't know that I would have found myself going, oh, this is wrong. Right. I mean, I'm not talking from my perspective of today. I'm talking from back then. Back but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Back then, based on a numbers game, yeah. you probably would have been one of the. And that's what made me the saddest about it. To me, that's what hurt me. Right. Is that I had to come to the to, I had to internally say to myself, "Yeah, this is horrible." But would have you been the exception to that rule? And I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That's the one thing. And I think that's, you know. As as a white as a person who's definitely perceived white and am white, but you know, mm-hmm. there's some other things in there. But I have to reckon with that. Like, will, will you know? And I, I don't think people ask themselves that question. I mean, if you if you were there, you would have been like everyone else, and you would have mm-hmm. been. It's easy right now. It's easy right now to look and see which side right. you want to be on. Right. And there's still other people that aren't, haven't even made it over to this side. But that's how. But. I mean, I really, I had to ask myself that question. That's the part that hurt me as a human because I, I don't know that if 1600s, we're talking about a time when you're using lanterns to light up your cabin. Right. Uh, you are, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're doing your fields with a, a mule. And, yeah. And, you know, and it's a different time. And, and I write, some people rose above that. They were smart enough to know that that was wrong. But if you grow up in it, man, I would, I would like to say that I'm so smart that I would know that that was wrong. But, God, I just feel like... You know, it, it's... Uh, you know, and I've, I've seen every movie on slavery and, you know, Roots, Birth of a Nation, 12 Years a Slave, every civil rights movie, Selma, Detroit. 
all the documentaries, PBS's uh, Eyes on the Prize, PBS's MLK, Still I Rise. And it's just like, dude, as rough as the 60s were, slavery makes the 60s and the civil rights movement look like paradise. I mean, because just reading how, and again, based on what you've seen in the movies and the documentaries, but just reading on that wall how the slaves in those conditions being in the ships from traveling from Africa to here, it would take up to three months and you're being at the bottom of a ship stacked on top of each other in the middle passage like sardines in chains, the heat festering in your own feces and, 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 and urine and people dying and the smell of death. And I didn't know that the women were kept separate from the men and they even had a display where when the women gave birth in chains stacked on top and next to other women, the baby would come out along with the afterbirth and you're just stewing in that. Yeah, there's no place, there's no bathrooms, there's no sanitation. And the, and the slave masters would, you know, the, the white guys on the ship would often uh, sexually assault the women. And these, these women weren't bathing. These people weren't bathing. Like, what kind of savagery is that that you go, I'm a, not just the, the act itself, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fuck this person. And, and with, with the stench and, and, the, and, and these conditions and Jesus Christ, man, it, it, it's, man, that's, that's something, man. That that's uh, you know it's wow it's definitely uh it's definitely that it, it was something that you had eat to your see. heart out Harvey Weinstein yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus this is something you had to see though you had to see it you had to, like and you said like the sounds that they played right kind of really it kind of really, really puts you in that right in that situation uh no it, it it was probably what was the third thing though that well that was the first thing the second thing that got me uh. And listen, man, this place is, and here's what's cool about it. Again, they start with slavery and the way they end it. It's designed, it's like a great story. It's designed to make you cry. And I, I had to fight it a couple times. But the second moment was uh, when they show Dr. King give his mountaintop speech. Yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorite speeches. I know the most famous one is, of course, I Have a Dream. But this is one of my most favorite because uh, the, the fact that, well, before I get into that, let me say this. So that was the second moment that kind of got me a little bit. And uh, there was these two white ladies who kind of were keeping up. We were all in the same pace and space mm -hmm. within the tour. And uh, one of the ladies said near the Petis Bridge exhibit, she goes, I hear her whisper to her friend, Jesus, what were they so afraid of? And you said something that was, it would have been cool if you would have said it to her, but you said... I said, I said, uh, what do you mean what they what they were afraid of? It's still no, going you, you, on. No, no, but you didn't word it like that. Oh, I, I, you, I you said, uh, what are they still afraid of? Yeah, what are they still afraid of? Um, and I kind of watched these two women, and I could tell one of them was getting really emotional. Uh, and then by the time they got to the part um, where Dr. King gives the mountain top speech, one of them was just really bawling. And then from there, you go and see the inside of Dr. King's motel room. And of course they got Mahalia Jackson singing in the background. So that was, that was the third thing. So by the time you get to that part, you're fighting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you, when you get to the room, when you're actually standing in the right. room. Um, and then when we left after that, you just, that's pretty much the tour. And then you go 
to the gift shop. And as we were getting ready to leave the gift shop, these two white women came out. And as we started to walk away, I, I, that's when I said to you, yo, I'll be right back. And I walked up to the white woman and I said to her, you know what? I, I don't want to bother you. I just want to tell you it's, it's nice to know that some of you guys actually give a shit. And she hugged me and she wept and I kind of choked up. And uh, yeah, man. It, it just, I, I, look, I, I, and I don't want people to, you know, I don't want some of you dummies out there going, dude, we're not all fucking racist. Look, I know not all white people are racist, but as a race, you guys are known for racism. <laughs> well, we, 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 we've done it better than, than anybody else. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, so that was, that was, that was, those are the three movie moments. Now, I just want to go back a second to the mountaintop speech. And this is why Dr. King, to me, was so gangster. Because uh, he says in his speech, like, he says in his speech, uh, all I want, America, is for you to be true to what you said on paper. Um, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not worried about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to get to the mountaintop. Now, I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Uh, I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the coming of the glory of the Lord and we and, and the mountaintop. Um, and then he kind of goes to sit down, but it's almost like you could, when you watch the video, he collapses. It's, he's like, and, he's and empty. He's, he's empty. And what's so poignant about that. And I know, look, I know I'm gonna get a lot of sports dudes that's going to get mad at me for this ridicule, get mad all you want. But I've always kind of took offense to when athletes compare what they do to war. We're going to this, this Sunday. We're going to go out in that field. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a war. We're going to, we're going to be soldiers. Shut the fuck up. All right? You're not warriors. You fucking, you're not losing your limbs. And you're not going to die playing a game. This man knew he was going to die. Martin Luther King knew death was inevitable. made it episode 27 the pussy podcast this is a little tease i hope you enjoy it uh please if you get a chance go back and listen to all these podcasts over um from their original dates i think you've uh if you haven't heard them i think there's some little gems in there you're missing and you know i got charm man charm, <laughs> man. i know how to talk to these hoes man and, and, and i'm telling you i i do shit that they don't, when you do shit a woman doesn't expect, it fucks their heads up. Like when I say on stage, yo, if a broad got nice feet, yeah, I go to, I go to town on them toes. Now I hear some girls go, ew. The bitches that go, ew, never had it done. Don't have nice toes probably. And no, that too. The dudes would be like, nah. I'm telling you, man, step your game up. There's shit you could do. And how many times, to the fellas that know what I'm talking about, game, how many times you heard a broad go, you know, I don't usually do this. I can't stay tonight. I got I got to get into work in the morning. Okay, so you nod your head and go with that. Play that dumb go, okay. Get the bitch back to the room. And then, you know, take your time and fill it out. They not coming back unless they it's already gone through their head. The idea, the possibility it could happen. That's not to say it's going to happen. Um, 
But they know, they go, yo, if I go to this motherfucking room, they've entertained the thought that it could. Uh, and I don't want this to sound rapey at all. Um, so let me put a disclaimer on this. I respect women to the fullest. And I believe when a woman says no, God damn it, it's no. Uh, and I'm, you know, that rape shit is, 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 is horrible. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, women mind fuck you sometimes. They, they, they do shit on purpose to see where you at, to let them know where they should be at. So if you know how to play that, <clears throat> that, that chess, you know what I mean? Shit happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit happens. Yeah. Like, fellas, here's one, here was one of my go-to moves, right? You already got it set up, right? You got the, you got your, you got your phone, your, iP- your iPad, your phone, whatever, with your music on it. You already got your playlist. All the fucking the Marvin Gaye's, the Luther Vandross, the Teddy Pendergrass, the Usher, the all the ballad shit, the sexy shit. Boom! All right, the mood is set. You can go get a bucket of ice. You got a microwave in your room. You get a cup, put some lotion in it. And most motherfuckers just want to rush to the pussy. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Calm. That, that foreplay shit is the business. Right? You know what I mean? Get you get some wine. Smoke whatever you're going to smoke. Get on the bed. Get a, get a massage position. And most times women will love a massage. And they'll go, there ain't going to be no sex. But you got your clothes off. So again, we playing the game here. All right? Respect everything she says. But you have an agenda. Music on, you know what I mean? Throw a couple of, you know, throw a couple of ice cubes in your mouth. Kiss the back slowly. Kiss the back of the kneecaps, the back of the knees, the front of the knees, the feet, the toes, the breasts, and everything is like, like, like let the let your actions flow with whatever song is playing. You know what I mean, depending on Teddy Pendergrass, turn out the lights, whatever the aggressive. Parts of the song are when he get aggressive, you get a little bit aggressive. It's a foreplay game, and all the while you're doing this, just watch your body language. Look at the eyes when the eyes slowly shut, when the back arches, when the when the hand grabs the sheets, when the toes curl. Those are the signals. Keep playing the instrument and t- don't rush to nothing because the slower you are. The faster she'll become. Moan, ice cubes, hold the toe, put the put the foot up to your mouth. Put the ice in your mouth. Blow in between the toes. You know what I mean? The music is playing. Take your hand and put your fingernails just ever so lightly stroke the calf muscle. But I feel your fingernails. Go slow. Let a couple of let her see you do it. Right? Let her, she's laying on the bed. She's looking up at your face. And you're holding a foot near your mouth. Slowly. Don't spit. Slowly. Let the water drip out your mouth. In between her toes, all down her feet. Cold water. It's cold. Now she feels that air. Right? Stop. Take a break. Right now, she's, she's, she's going through something. Sit down in your chair. Pull yourself a drink. Light your cigarette. Just look at her for a little bit. You know what I mean? Don't touch her no more. Let the music play. The lights are set. 
Now in her mind she's going What the fuck is happening next What is he going to do next Why ain't he all I'm laying here I'm naked what, 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 what is he doing Let her keep fucking guessing Smoke your cigarette Take your time Just stare at her dead eyes Like you Joe Jackson looking at Michael And he ain't getting any steps right <laughs> Make him Make Mike know nigga You get these steps right Or the beat is coming Just look then put your cigarette out And then you go back to it Through the back Through the front You know Put your mouth over the nipple Same thing Let the water drip down Blow on it It's tingling now right After you do that for a while Right And this should go on for about This whole process Should take a good hour It's an hour foreplay Now here comes the lotion She already felt the cold Take the lotion Throw it in the microwave For 30 seconds it's going to be piping hot Blow it off a little bit Same spot you hit before Now you hit it with the lotion The toes, the heels The, the sole of the foot Behind the earlobe The back, the nipples And remember the key here is Don't rush The slower you are The faster she'll become You do the whole body Now this is the key with the lotion This is what's really going to this is what's really gonna open the box, right? The hot lotion, right? You gotta rub that on the inner thigh up towards the vag. That thigh meat towards the vag. She's gonna feel that like watch them toes. Watch them toes, curl. Don't ever touch the pussy. But go around it. Be near it. Now she wants you to go there. Now you putting that cold wind on that hot surface. <sighs> Let's fast forward towards that. <laughs> you did the cold. You did the lotion. Now she's got this, 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 this. I don't want to say greasy, but the lotion substance is all over. Yeah, you don't want to leave that there, right? So you go into the bathroom and you take a washcloth. You completely soak that. Then you throw that in the microwave. Heat that up. And then when you pull that out The steam is rolling off it Wipe her entire body down With that hot rag The last spot you get The very last spot you touch Is the vag But make sure when you do that This is a Steam is coming off this motherfucker In other words You have to do this process A couple times with the rag Because it eventually cools off And finally when it's And it's steamiest that's when you massage the face of the vag and work the clip. I promise you, she'll want to fuck you. Shh. One more massage. This message has been brought to you by Trojan Connor. Uh, Schlitz malt liquor. Fellas, do this and hit me back and tell me if it worked or not. I guarantee you to see nothing is guaranteed but i promise you the success rate 98 percent. because here's the thing remember they already want you they already attracted the only thing that's keeping them from doing it is that woman shit uh, i don't want him to what if he thinks i can't my morals but they're already there all you gotta do is hit them right notes Thanks you so much. Thank you so much. 
Again, you'll hear from us soon. We'll be uh, in Schramsburg, uh, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago, at the Improv. And uh, as always, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you know what to do. We've been doing this long enough. If not, it's right there. The information's on uh, the notes on your uh, podcast platform. Thank you guys very much. Thanks for listening. I'm still alive!